0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Jared Barnes, and you're listening to The Jared Barnes Show. Uh, today is Monday, February 17th. This is my first ever episode of my first ever podcast, so I want to thank you for listening if you're listening. Um, first thing I want to do is a big shout out to Kawhi Leonard, who just won NBA All-Star Game Kobe Bryant MVP. Uh, for that being the new name, he's the first ever one to win the MVP award since the renaming of it this weekend was officially announced. Um, I'm definitely going to cover three topics today. Um, The first topic is going to be college basketball, a wrap-up of this weekend's college basketball and how that went. Uh, The second topic I'm going to cover is NBA All-Star Weekend, how that went, um, the controversial dunk contest that a lot of people were talking about, and Adam Silver's comments from his press conference this weekend. And then the last topic that I'm going to cover is the XFL weekend roundup, Um, how all four games went, how I feel about all the teams, and then I will do a power ranking of the teams at the end of the episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll just get right into it here. All right, so the first topic I want to cover is college basketball this weekend. And it was an upset weekend again in college basketball as number five, Louisville, was upset by a hard nosed Clemson team, a very tough Clemson team. It hasn't been a great year for them as they're 13 and 12, but they're still fighting. And that is actually Clemson's second win against the top five team this year. Um, Clemson won with a score of 77 to 62. They just played a lot more physical than Louisville did. And that was the game, really. Just their physicality and their toughness just was too much for Louisville to handle. Um, another upset this weekend, number 10 Seton Hall was upset by Providence with a score of 74-71. And another notable upset was the Auburn Tigers, who were number eleven in the country, lost to the Missouri Tigers 85-73. It was just no matter were just no match for the Missouri and but. The one consistent thing about college basketball this season, you can expect San Diego State and the Baylor Bears to continue to win. And that's what they did this weekend. Uh, the Baylor Bears played number 14, West Virginia. West Virginia is a very good defensive team this year. They, they're not, they don't have a major star on their team, but they're just very good all around. And they were no contest for Baylor as Baylor defeated them with a score of 70-59. to 59. Uh, At this point, really, uh, Baylor is an easy bet to be a lock for a number one seed in March Madness. And I could very much see them probably not losing a single game the rest of the season. I know that seems impossible to do, but they can do it. And and the other undefeated team this year is San Diego State. Uh, They stayed undefeated with a win over Boise State on Sunday with a score of 72 to 55. Their level of competition is not the level of Baylor's which is why they have a higher chance of remaining undefeated, although Baylor is a tough team, and beating them is going to be a real tough battle for a team. I just don't know if anybody can do it in the regular season. Maybe they can do it in the conference tournament. We'll see. All right, so the second topic that I want to cover is NBA All Star Weekend. What a weekend it was for the NBA. Uh, one of, it's always one of the biggest weekends of the year for the NBA, the All Star Weekend. Uh, one of the first events of the weekend was the Rising Stars Challenge. Uh, this was the first year that I really even cared to watch the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, some young All Stars and some young up and coming stars that were playing in that game were just, it was too much for me not to want to watch. Uh, People like Trey Young, Luca, Zion Williamson, Miles Bridges, John Morant. It was just, for the first time ever, I felt like this was the most talented Rising Stars challenge game I've seen in a long time. It was very competitive, very fun to watch. Uh, The future is bright for the NBA. Um, The second thing from All-Star Weekend was the... The Saturday night events, so the skills competition, the three-point competition, and that very controversial dunk contest. We'll get to that later, though. First thing up is the skills competition. It was, it was dominated by big men. The guards did not run away with it like I thought they were going to do. I definitely assumed that hometown kid Patrick Beverly was going to really easily win the competition. As competitive as a person that he is, but it turned out that he didn't, and the competition was actually won by Bam Adebayo, who, really, I wouldn't have thought he was going to win it because I didn't realize that he could shoot from the three, and I don't think anybody else did either. But he did it. He won and had Dwayne Wade very excited. Uh, the three-point contest this year was very entertaining. Uh, Devin Booker and Buddy Hield were two of the three players to make it to the finals. Everybody was scoring. It was really a tough-fought three-point contest this year. Uh, Very entertaining. The addition of the two deeper three-point shots and adding that extra time was very very fun to see. Uh, A lot of the guys were taking it very casual because they assumed a minute 10 was a very long time. Like Trey Young really did not have much time. He was the first one up, and he did not have much time left. When it was his when he got to his last rack and he just had to start throwing up the balls as fast as he could and it really It really did not It, it really hurt him because he, he didn't advance. He only scored 15 points He was the lowest scorer the whole the entire three-point contest which is shocking because he's one of the better three-point shooters in the league and two of the more interesting things of the all-star weekend though that were not the all-star game were indefinitely the controversial dunk contest which, a lot of question marks around that. Um, should Dwayne Wade have been a judge when there was a teammate of his that was a teammate of his last year, Jer- Derek Jones Jr., that was dunking, and everybody knew he was going to make it to the finals? I don't think, but hey, he is from Chicago, so that's why he was there. But in case you didn't watch it, I'll break it down for you. Aaron Gordon and Derrick Jones Jr. were the two finalists after the original round of four in the dunk contest with Dwight Howard and the white kid that I can't remember his name, but he had a very impressive dunk over Giannis, and his first dunk wasn't that great, so he really didn't deserve to be in the finals. It was a very good dunk contest this year, very solid, better than last year's for sure. But Derrick Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon made it to the finals. Aaron Gordon, four dunks of his were 50-point dunks. I've never seen that in my life, probably never see it again. He should have won the dunk contest. He was—he is the people's champion. I don't care what anybody else says. He is easily the winner of the dunk contest. He should have been, but he wasn't. I don't even remember the dunk that Derrick Jones Jr. won on, but I can remember the last dunk that Aaron Gordon did. Which is the sad part. The first four dunks of the final round were all 50, so the score between Aaron Gordon and Derrick Jones Jr. was tied. I thought the NBA was just going to let them be co-champions because whoever would have won the dunk contest, the other person was getting ripped. I mean, it was a great dunk contest. What happened is it became a dunk off and... Derek Jones Jr. went first. He got a score of 48. I don't remember what his dunk was. I really don't. And that's the sad part. It wasn't that memorable. And he got a 48. Aaron Gordon was next. And he caught out Taco Fall, who is seven and a half feet tall. And he jumped over him to dunk the ball. But he ended up with a score of 47. And one of the refs, one of the judges, I mean that gave him a nine-point score, which was one, which would have given him one point less than Derrick Jones Jr. was Dwayne Wade, and a lot of people are blaming Dwayne Wade for Aaron Gordon not winning the dunk contest. I'm not gonna come out and be one of those people, but there are a lot of people on the internet this weekend that were really bashing Dwayne Wade, and understandably why, because Aaron Gordon is the most interesting dunker that's been in the dunk contest the last couple years he's easily the most creative and he will never be in another dunk contest again but congratulations to derek jones jr on winning the dunk contest this year even though i can't remember your last dunk and another thing from all-star weekend other than the game that was very interesting was adam silver's press conferences before saturday's events so The first thing, one of the first things he did at the press conference is they announced they were renaming the All-Star MVP trophy to, the official name of it is actually now the Kia NBA All-Star Game Kobe Bryant MVP, which is a great nod to Kobe Bryant, who just passed away about a month ago in a tragic helicopter accident. Rest in peace to everybody involved in that. Uh, It was nice to see the... The NBA family, I could say, get together and really honor him this weekend. It was very, very cool to see. I very much enjoyed that. But the other interesting thing from that press conference is Silver addressed the decline in television ratings and the loss of hundreds of millions of dollars due to the issues with China that happened at the beginning of the season. Um, It's definitely going to impact the salary cap for sure As the NBA projected numbers for the salary cap next year are going to be lower Which is very interesting uh, Silver said that the impact of the loss will likely not be known until the end of the playoffs Which understandable But hundreds of millions of dollars is a very large loss And that's going to very much hurt the NBA uh, I didn't know the ratings were down though But understandable when one of your biggest markets isn't watching your games. I can understand why ratings would be down. But the game, the All-Star game itself, was the most entertaining game I have seen in, I think, ever in my entire life. I'm 20 years old, and it was the most entertaining All-Star game I've ever seen. The first three quarters just felt like a regular All-Star game. They were played as separate games. The score was kept as separate and then in the fourth quarter, the scores were combined, and the first one to a set score. The set score was the highest score plus 24, which happened to be Team Giannis. They had the highest score going into the fourth quarter. And the final score they had to reach was 157. A lot of defense was played in that fourth. There was no commercial breaks during the fourth quarter. Very entertaining. No com- with no, no commercial breaks, the defense, the effort on a lot of the guys was unbelievable for an all-star game. Left me in shock, honestly. Left me in shock. I, was, I couldn't take my eyes off the TV. Which, for the majority of the game, I really wasn't paying much attention until the fourth quarter. Uh, you, I don't think they could do something like that for the entire game where there's a set score because... The guys really are not playing in the All Star game to wear themselves out, but they put it, they left it all on the court for that fourth quarter. It was it's very cool for the NBA to do the the money donation to charity too. I really much I very much enjoyed that. I think other leagues should do the same thing with their All Star games because half a million dollars in charity money that's a lot of money to help charities out, and that's a you can't beat that. That's a great cause. Shout out to the NBA for that and. Congratulations to them on, in my opinion, a very successful All-Star Weekend, minus the controversial dunk thing. But with the way the game played out, I think a lot of people are going to forget about that. And uh, that's just kind of how I felt about the NBA All-Star Weekend. So the final topic that I want to cover this weekend is the XFL weekend roundup. I'm going to start with the first game of the weekend. It was the New York Guardians at the DC Defenders. And I'm just going to get this out of the way now. It will probably, it's going to kind of spoil my XFL power rankings. But I believe that the DC Defenders are clearly the best team in the XFL after two weeks. They play good defense and very efficient offense. And that offense with Cardell Jones, at quarterback, and that receiving core of DeAndre Tompkins, Eli Rogers, Malachi Dupree, Rashad Ross, and tight end Lee, very fun to watch. The New York Guardians, though, not very fun to watch. Not this week, at least. The communication for the Guardians was horrendous. It was tough to watch on TV, tough to listen and to see. That's the cool thing about the XFL is you get to hear The coaches talking to each other you get to hear the coaches talking to the players and you can just not only visibly see the frustration but actually hear them frustrated it's very cool that's why i'm all in on the xfl but matt mcgloon clearly frustrated the whole game he is the starting quarterback of the new york guardians uh he seemed to take no blame for any of the team's poor play um he just was mad the entire day he At one point, was talking to a coach, and it almost seemed like he was blaming others and not taking any blame upon himself, which is not good leadership. Uh, New York Guardians might not be the worst team in the league, though, but they're pretty close to it. Uh, This game still made XFL history, though, as it was the first shutout in league history. Uh, The D.C. Defenders defeated the New York Guardians 27-0. Now I'm going to get into the second game of the weekend, the Tampa Bay Vipers. Visiting the Seattle Dragons and what a great crowd Seattle had but That great crowd did not really affect any of the gameplay on field maybe besides giving the dragons a bit of home field advantage, but That Seattle offense was not good. It was pretty bad Brandon Silver's was limited due to an ankle injury that kind of was hobbling him around all week at practice um, Their defense played very well not Fantastic, because that Viper's offense is not very good, and to allow almost 300 total yards was kind of like, ooh, because that Viper's offense is not good. But they st- it doesn't matter. They Viper's couldn't put up any offensive points other than a field goal. But with the Viper's inability to score, the only touchdown that they did score of the day, though, came on a Brandon Silver's pass that happened to be intercepted And it was a 78-yard pick six that gave the Tampa Bay Vipers a lead in the game before that lead was taken away on the next drive by a quick, quick drive by the Seattle Dragons on a 68-yard completion, I believe, to Kenyon Reynolds, who is the former Navy quarterback, Very cool to see, very cool story. I'm glad to see that he's still able to play football and is still balling out and is still a great athlete. It's very cool to see. Um, The Seattle Dragons won this game 17-9. It was the most boring game of the weekend for sure. Uh, The third game, let me get into it here, was the Dallas Renegades at the LA Wildcats. And for a long time, I thought this was about to be the most boring game of the weekend. It was extremely slow-paced for the first three quarters. Both teams were playing with, it was really their first game with their starting quarterbacks that are going to probably start the rest of the season. Uh, Dallas Renegades had Landry Jones, LA Wildcats had Josh Johnson, both making their XFL debuts. Um, The action really ramped up in the fourth as 34 total points were scored between the two teams. Um, Dallas' offense, when it kind of caught fire in the fourth, was impressive as they um, out, Gained a total of about 400 combined yards. Uh, it was a little more than that. I don't have the exact numbers, but it was an impressive win for them. They needed it for sure. Uh, the LA Wildcats are going to fall to 0-2 here, but I don't think they're the worst team in the XFL. They just ha- happened to have the poor luck of playing two very good teams for the first two weeks um, as Dallas beat the LA Wildcats 25-18. to The fourth game of the weekend, though, Best game of the weekend, best game of the XFL this season. And I don't I don't feel nervous about even saying that. Phillip, or as some other people call him, PJ Walker, showed he is the most entertaining quarterback in the league. But St. Louis showed that they're a very tough team and that they're gonna be they're not an easy team to take down. They're gonna be a tough team to play against every week because they really dominated in a lot of the aspects of the game. Um, they dominated in the time that St. Louis dominated the time of possession and their defense really did a pretty good job of containing that electric Houston offense led by PJ Walker. Although they weren't able, although St. Louis was not able to get the win, um, really it's improvement. I mean, they still beat Dallas last week, even though they didn't have Landry Jones. That's a good win to have. Um, they could have won this week. Uh, a miscall, a bad miscall, happened on um, one of the Houston Roughnecks middle linebackers lined up in the neutral zone as Jordan Teamu was able to snap the ball. He thought he had a free play and he threw an interception that got returned. And that sequence of events led to the Houston's game clinching score. That game could have swung in a different direction. If that penalty's called because I think that drive, St. Louis was was moving the ball very easily at that point in the game quite well. Other defense was playing very good. They weren't playing great because they were still allowing, they allowed too many points, personally, in my opinion. They didn't, they didn't give up a bunch of yards, but they allowed too many points. But... That missed call completely changed the game and St. Louis wasn't able to recover from it as they were defeated by a score of 28 to 24. Houston now moves to 2-0. Uh, very good for them. I mean it was a, it was a great game to watch, very fun to watch. And I I want to see more football like that, more games like that this season from the XFL. I know some of the teams are just they're still trying to figure it out. Some of them, I wonder if they're ever going to figure it out, like the Vipers. I know it's only the second week, but to not score an offensive touchdown is, uh, in two weeks of football, that's very tough to do. And I really hope they can turn it around. Um, now I kind of want to transition into my XFL power rankings after week two. Um, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but at the number one spot, I have the D.C. defenders. I don't think there's really that many teams close to them. Uh, Houston's directly right behind them at number two. They're the closest team after that. It kind of gets a little murky. Uh, I, at three, I have Dallas. Even though St. Louis beat them last week, they did not have Landry Jones last week, so I have Dallas at three because of that. St. Louis, I have it four. I really like them as a team. I just don't know how talented they are. I mean, two weeks of play, and they've they've done well, but They need to show a little more to kind of improve, in my opinion. Um, At 5, I have the Seattle Dragons. Um, I still have them at 5 because they have the, the win from this week against the Tampa Bay Vipers, even though that's not a very impressive win. It's still a win. And really, I think that is a different game if Brandon Silvers is a little bit more mobile. But at 6, I have the LA Wildcats. They're 0-2, but they're ahead of the New York Guardians and Tampa Bay Vipers because with Josh Johnson back and considering the fact that they played probably two of the best teams in the league in the first two weeks of the season and they've kept it competitive with both teams. Last week, they didn't even have Josh Johnson. They had a guy that it was his first week really in the playbook and in the system. And he did quite well, but not enough to give him a win as they lost to the Roughnecks last week. And this week they lost to the Renegades. But, you know, I still I like them as a team. I just don't know if I trust their offense enough. I don't know if it's going to be consistent enough. But at seven, I have the Guardians. I don't know how they're not the worst team in the league, but they're not because that belongs to the Tampa Bay Vipers because of the fact that they just don't know how to find the engine whatsoever. Aaron Murray was not a great quarterback. The quarterback this week, I can't even remember his name. He was disappointing. And Quentin Flowers, clearly, they don't want to play him at quarterback because if if they wanted to win, they'd, they would have played him more. I just don't know if Quentin Flowers has enough grasp on the playbook, and that's why they're not playing him. There is a reason why they're not playing him at quarterback, though. I'm not sure what it is, but we'll find out here in the future because they're going to have to do something because being 0-2 and being the worst offense in the league, and just personally, I just do thought they were they had a season win over or under of seven and a half. And really coming into the season on paper, I thought they were actually one of the better teams in the league. And right now they look like the worst team in the league by far. It's not even that close. But, yeah, that was, that was the that was how I feel about some of the XFL teams this week after week two. Um, yep. That's all I got for today. I want to thank you for listening. Um. Um, I want to put out another podcast this week sometime Uh, Probably towards middle of the week, maybe uh, Wednesday into Thursday is probably when I'll be putting it out. I'm gonna cover a little bit of NFL free agency, maybe an XFL preview for week three and probably a NBA rankings roundup standings roundup. I mean of You know playoff race in the East and Western Conference kind of who's on the bubble I mean, is anybody going to be able to beat Milwaukee in the East? I doubt it, but can anybody? Probably not. Will anybody? There's a pretty good shot that somebody might, but the West and the East—it's wildly different. The NBA Eastern Conference is so bad, but I'll get into that later this week. And uh, I want to thank you for listening. If you listen the whole way through, uh, send me a DM if you have any questions that you want me to answer. Send me a DM if you have any topics you'd like me to cover. Um, on my Instagram, uh, the username is at bb-sports-. That's my username. Thanks you for listening. Hope you have a good day. I'm out.